Good evening, good evening, and welcome. Welcome to another episode of this crazy fucker's podcast. The path of a Baguazhang master is always interesting. Most of the time, it's actually quite boring. It really fucking is. You're on your own. You're doing your forms and you're walking in a circle and you're doing it alone most of the time. You'll see on social media people doing it in groups and having a great time and stuff. That's true. That does happen. But that's probably just once a week type thing at the club. But for if you're really serious at it, you're doing it on your own. You're training on your own. Even if you're not doing bagua, and let's just say you do boxing. When you're punching, if you can't train with someone, you're standing in front of the punching bag and you're constantly just punching and you're on your own. You're just doing it again and again and again on your own. And trying to talk about those situations is actually really quite hard. Because most of the time there isn't anything to talk about. It's just you and the punching bag. You doing whatever, doing a training. So it's boring. But for someone like me who has goals and and achievements that I want to achieve, I just keep going because I enjoy it. It's one of the few times throughout the day that I get time to myself. I get left alone to do what I want to do and I get left alone to climb my mountain which for most of the time is I don't know where the hell I'm going. And that's why with these these latest series of podcasts, you won't see any text really with it because you get to a place where there is no structure other than the basic structure. There is no real path. There's just you keep going, you keep moving forward. But occasionally something interesting does happen and and we're going, what does this have to do with the martial arts journey? Because when we're doing martial arts, we're constantly thinking of we're learning to defend with a fight in a fight. And so we're looking out for having a fight, but there is no fight coming in. But the truth is there is. Every day, whether you're a man, woman or an alien, you are fighting, just not with your fists. You're going, your fight is maybe going to work. Your fight is maybe learning, getting good grades. Your fight is maybe getting ahead. Your fight is putting food on the table. Your fight is looking after your family. Now, when I say defending your family, it doesn't mean defending them from um, people attacking them. It doesn't have to be. It could simply be going out working so you can pay the bill so that your family's got a roof over their head still. Or Just putting food on the table. It does not have to be about punching and kicking. And Baguazhang teaches that a lot. In fact, there is only one Gua that really relates to fighting. And that is Kun, the earth, the foundational element. Kun looks like two heaven Guas together side by side and if you have an aggressive mind they look like they're clashing with each other 
But if you can transmute it or change it to something positive, it doesn't have to be that. It can be two people coming together and it doesn't have to be in a fight. It can be, you know, fucking. It can be, you know, just talking. It can be just straight interaction. And the thing about Bhagwa, what teaches is it's only one element out of eight elements. What do the other seven talk about? Well, not that. And that's what you're. And that's the hard part about learning Bhagwa is that you're not just learning how to fight. You're not just learning how to defend. You're not just learning how to strategize. You are learning life skills from the masters on on how to do certain things in a certain situation. The only thing is, is they really put things down in straightforward, plain language. So you have to wait until the situation occurs for for that inner training to come out and save your ass for the day and when it comes out you'll be like people people will be like how do you know how to do that and you go i have no fucking idea i just know how to do it i mean my latest example would be like at work we we had a series of one lady she managed to witness a suicide so she had to go home. She couldn't handle it. She was away for a week. Then another lady who's worked there, her one of her cousins committed suicide. She came back to work the following week and we were talking a little bit about it. And I started telling her about how why guys commit suicide. What happens to men? What's in their thought? The boss found out and told me not to shut up and not talk about it. So fine, I won't talk about it. Then another week after that, something else happened and it was around death again. And I was saying, okay, three times about death, something is happening. Okay, I just keep my keep my eyes and ears open. But I, I kept true to the boss and didn't talk about suicide or death or anything. Just keep it to myself. If the world doesn't want to know, that's that's their business. And then few days, a couple of weeks later, a few days, maybe a couple of weeks, I don't know. I was talking to the one lady that came back from the first suicide, just about books. Asking her what she would read on a quiet time. She says there was this one book she really liked. She's read it five times. And every time she's read it, she has an existential crisis. Now that word, existential crisis, is a word that isn't used much in Australia. We normally hear it like from American TVs and shows because of the SAT exams that they have to get into college. And it's one of those hard words that they learn. It's a fucking hard word that I don't understand what it means. So I asked her what it meant and she told me and I go, oh, okay. So I, I just I just avoided it. And I went back to the reading of the books and I said, you know, you're in rare company when it comes to reading and books. She goes, what do you mean? And I said, you know, as a rule of thumb, if a, if a thousand people buy a book, they all buy the same book, and we're not talking about gift books here, it's for themselves. Only 10% will read past the um, first, will read the first chapter. And only 10% of that, which is 1% of the total, will actually finish the book. And she was looking at me a bit confused because she's in university. And I said, yeah, 
You're in very rare company, and if you have read it five times, think how rare it is to have read this book. And she goes, well, I keep having existential crisis about it. And I go, and I, and I wasn't thinking at all. I just went off on my spiel. And I ended up talking about an ex- the experiences you have in Bagua, which is at some point, you will you will engage or experience what best to describe as a spiritual death if it's not a physical death. I don't I don't know how to how to explain it. The most important thing is is when you go through it on one side just before you do, you you're overcome with panic and fear and it feels like you're going to die. But then on the other side when you come out of it, you have grown so much more and you've become stronger and i was telling her existential crisis were a whole lot of little forms of enlightenment that she had to go through she literally had to die and be reborn so for those of you christians and whoever don't believe in reincarnation there are other forms of reincarnation. You don't literally have to die, have an out-of-body experience or near-death experience, although those are super cool. And when you do have them, congratulations, guys, because I'm, I'm, I've had those experiences too. But you basically have to understand when you have completed a full circle in Bagua. Literally, the Bagua circle is... When you have done one circle, when you reach the end, you stop. That is the death. When you start again, that is the rebirth. You go over and you begin again. You do it every time you change jobs. You do it every time, you know, you, you haven't, I, I don't know, change jobs is a good one or change, change schools, whatever. But for her, because she didn't know how to experience express it to her because she was focused on negative she's having all these existential crisis crises crises and i just said no you're just having little forms of enlightenment and rebirths then she asked me well why isn't it like the buddha thing and i go that's because you're waiting for the big one like the buddha but i said you're not buddhist so you're not gonna get the buddha's enlightenment I said, what religion are you? And she goes, I'm not really anything. Well, see, there you go. You're not going to get the religious experience like that. But you will get little forms of enlightenment as you do it. So if I can sum this whole podcast up, what I'm trying to get at is that Bhagwajang, the path of Bhagwajang is a form of enlightenment and becoming enlightened. Through your own experiences. What I've experienced is for me. What you are experiencing is for you. And in whatever environment you're in, you're looking for the language and the understanding of your environment so it makes sense to you. If I can just be religious for one moment, I'll say that God or whatever you believe in, will only give you the experiences that make sense to you. So you can't have the guy down the road's experience. You can only have your own. And see, even these 
experiences of enlightenment, you can't tell everyone. You'll be on your own. You can keep a journal, but it's not really for other people unless you, you sort of get that feeling that it is for them, but you can't really explain it. So, for most people, it's like if you're a boxer, it's just practice, 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 practice. Until you understand why you had it. What's it to you? And sometimes the death comes in the form of defeat. Sometimes we have to lose in order to understand where we're going. There are times we have to lose the fight. And I've lost some fights. I've lost some physical fights. I've lost some verbal fights. I've lost some mental fights. It's all part of the growth and learning. And they suck because we don't want to lose. We don't want to be humiliated. But we need to find ways to let go. That's the other thing about enlightenment. We have to learn to let go of a lot of things. The art, it, it's a, no, it's not an art, but in order to win without fighting, we have to let go of the fighting part of it. We need to use our minds and, and our thoughts to come up with better solutions so that we never have to get into a fight in the first place. Bhagwa teaches us how to see the, the trend of things so we know in advance what is coming so we can prepare for it, even when we cannot articulate it as words. It's like seeing the road sign telling you where to go and sometimes you can't actually read what the hell is on the sign. You can't interpret it, but you have to sort of use your instincts to know that you're on the right path or you need to change. I know for a lot of people I sound very high and enlightened, but it's not really... Is it's, it's not really. And you're going to get more of these sort of podcasts coming from me where you're going to listen and you're going to go, what the fuck is he on about this time? You're welcome to give your feedback. That's all cool. And and the thing is, is I'm hoping there are people out there who can listen to what what I'm saying and actually understand it because half the time I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about and no I'm not on drugs I'm not taking any weird shit I'm just talking the experience from the rawest place I can think of the stuff that you started off with when you first started listening to my podcast that stuff is all the polished stuff you know think about it 20 million times rewrite it many times you know until you get clear but i've realized there's a point in it where 
the stuff that needs to be said can't be made safe. You know, you can't say it any other way, otherwise it gets misinterpreted. You just, I just have to tell it to you as it is. And if you can hear in my voice confusion and, and stutterance and like, what's he saying? Doesn't he even know what the fuck he's talking about? The truth is, I, I do and I don't. Because in order to get me at this level, you know, to be clear and concise and understanding would basically make me a Kung Fu grandmaster. And I can tell you now, I am not one of those. I know it's an honorary title, but even that, even if it wasn't, it was a real title, I'm not that. There is just too much happening, too much to understand. In fact, the hardest thing to get through to people around me, my family has taken years to understand this, and that is the feng shui of Bagua Zhang is like when you're around a Bagua master, your whole life accelerates. You won't see your life getting faster. You will not have amazing experiences unless you're, unless you're fated to have amazing experiences. But basically, you will experience in one year with a Bagua master, your normal life I'm talking about. In one year, you'll have the experiences what you would have had in three years. And you may go back and say, but Peter, those last year, nothing much has happened. And I go, no, it has. If that is all that's happened, think about in your normal life before you met me, what would have happened in those three years? Bugger all. And I'd say, your life sucks. Nothing is happening. Then again, maybe nothing is supposed to happen. All that's happened is you've... You've taken, let's say, a movie, and rather than watch the whole thing, you've just decided to watch the highlights of the movie. So you can get through it faster, without actually going through it faster. You're not watching it on fast forward, you're just watching the highlights. You get the gist of the story, you get the main pits, you see the important bits of what's supposed to happen, and the rest is all just crap. So now you're going to ask me, what the hell are you talking about now? Well, that's how we get through all those boring times when we're training. We use the training to skip all the crap. And we just get back on the training so things go a lot faster. Now... I'm going to finish this podcast because I know I've said a lot of stuff and it's totally incoherent, most of it. And for a lot of people, it's not going to make any sense. But I would love to know when this podcast gets translated into other languages, how it comes out in other languages. Anyway, guys, I hope this 
message sees you well. And if you guys ever want to know anything specifically about Bagua or or the other stuff I'm I I'm into, um, send me a message. Otherwise, just enjoy it. And um, probably on one day I'll find myself on Bullshido. Some dude saying I'm a fraud and, and a fuckwit or some weird crap like this. Um, that'll be a milestone. I'm surprised I, I haven't come up on that website yet. Mm. But I look at those guys who post the stuff and I always ask, do those guys know what they're even talking about? Probably not. Anyway, that was a little side thing. Anyway, have a good day, guys. See ya.